Proverbs chapter 3. Ich will euch alle recht herzlich begrüßen im wunderbaren Namen Jesus Christus. That's how we start our services among our gypsy people. I can't remember who started it or how it began, but um, 20-something years ago when we had our first service in Nuremberg, that's how the service starts. And um, each person that comes up says that, and it basically is, um, I want to greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And thank you so much for praying for us, and we covered your prayers, and um, as you know, my parents went back to the States because my grandma, my dad's mom, got, got very sick and was on her deathbed, and so um, out of an emergency, they flew back, and Probably during the funeral or during the stay at the hospital, that's where a bunch of my aunts and uncles all um, got um, COVID. And so my parents have been staying with my aunt and uncle um, who also have COVID and recovering. So continue to pray for them and pray for us while Now, um, Lord willing, they'll be in the States until about the 5th of October. So I get to have the privilege of filling in for my dad as well in Bayreuth. So um, sometimes, some weekends we do a, we call it a Frankentour. We start in Middle Franconian and go up to Würzburg, Unterfranken, and then over to Oberfranken, to Bayreuth. And so pray for us. and. God is working. God is um, working among our gypsy people. We've, even through COVID, have seen people get saved. We, um, in um, June, we had a baptismal service and um, had four people baptized and a blessing, a blessing to see how God's working through these times. And like you all know, we are your missionaries to the gypsy people and we thank you for praying for us and and these verses that I want to talk on this morning are well known they're verses that have kept me and helped me through the different stages of my life and even the ministry even working with the gypsy people in a cross-cultural ministry even though I'm am a MK and I grew up watching my dad minister not only to the German people but also um, to the earlier to the Austrian people and then when the wall and iron curtain fell down then even to the different refugees from the different nations and I saw that but in 98 when God opened the door for our family to work among the gypsy people That was a whole different bar, ball game. Even though it was called uh, cross-cultural, um, the gypsies are their own nation. They've been recognized by the German and uh, UN government as a nation inside of a nation. And so because of that, they also um, have their own laws and regulations and, and none of it's written down. 
you can't go to uh, Google it and find out what are the laws for the gypsy people. Or uh, go to a library and re research it, you know. Uh, it, it's passed on um, um, from generation to generation. And the majority of the gypsies do not want the outside world to know their their customs and laws is their protection mechanism and so when when god opened the door for us to work among the gypsy people we had to have somebody in our corner that um, knew all those things that was available and also able to um, direct our paths. And this is what these verses teach us. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. And I want, when I read it, I want you to notice the last part of chapter 6 and see how that it's a promise. A promise that God is going to do. It says here, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. It's not like he might or there's a possibility that he's going to direct your path, but he shall. In other words, this is like a promise with a condition. You uh, um, fulfill the, the first ones, and, and I divided it up in four, um, four things. So um, you, uh, you follow these four things, you complete these four things, and then I, uh, the Lord is saying, I'm committing myself, I shall, I'm going to do it. it it's already um, written and sown. I will direct your paths. And, and, you know, um, we need this. Not only do I need it, and I see it not just in my uh, ministry um, with the gypsies, but in every phase of my life, I need somebody that can direct me, that, uh, that knows a little bit more than the situation <laughs> than myself. You know, um, God blessed me with a wonderful wife, Joanna. She's here and five wonderful kids. Only two of them are with us. The other ones are helping my sister in Ansbach and with her two kids. And um, but God has blessed us. And even in my as a husband or a father, all those areas, finances, what, what, um, schooling, what, job, whatever it is, all these different ways, I need help and um, somebody to direct my ways. I know nowadays we tend to go to YouTube and watch YouTube videos and tutorials and, and they work fine. I've um, used them as well and, and tried to, um, when I'm renovating things and stuff and good help. But if we just rely on YouTube, it's not going to help us. There's going to be some areas in life where there's not a tutorial how to do it. And that's why we need to rely on somebody that is willing that offers and wants to direct our paths. And that's what we see here in these verses. The Lord wants to be the one 
to direct our paths. And so, and, it, and this directing our paths is, is in a way that not just that we don't have problems, but through the problems, through the heartache, through the ups and downs of life, that we can maneuver through it. That he can show us when to turn right and left and when to go up and down and what to do. And, and so uh, I look at, at it as not just trying to direct our paths away from problems, but through the problem, especially in our thought world and thinking and, and in, our, in our hearts showing us and, and really letting us experience that peace that over, uh, passes all understanding, that peace. And so my wish is to have somebody to direct me I hope it's your wish as well. I know my gypsies, they, they need per, per, a person to direct them. And so if we want to, to be directed by the Lord, the Lord that wants to direct us, direct our path, there's four things to do. We have to do these things first. And the first thing is we have to trust in the Lord. And you know, to trust in somebody we need to know who he is. Um, my kids, if I tell them to jump off of um, the couch or jump off of a, a, a high place to me, they'll do it because they've trust me. They, they've learned, they've um, gotten to know me and, and they know daddy always catches me. And so, and sometimes after a while, after I, uh, I've done it, sometimes then sometimes they'll just jump and I have to be ready always to catch them. And, but they do it because they know me. And th th here, if we want to really have our past directed, we need to know who we're or who we're supposed to trust. And it's the Lord. It's not a man. It's not a person. It's not some kind of entity. It's not some the world or anything else. But it's the Lord. And this Lord that we're talking about is the one that created heaven and earth. This Lord is the one that is the creator of you and me. This Lord is the almighty God. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This Lord is the one that is all-knowing, is omnipresent. This Lord is the one that left heaven to come to earth and become a human being, something that he had created so he could um, be able to offer himself on a cross to die for our sins, 
so we would get forgiveness of sins that we one day because we all went away and all did our own thing was uh, our, would one day be able to accept him and be with God for eternity that's the Lord we're talking about it's the Lord that we can read through the scriptures and we can get to know and we can learn of his attributes and his character that, that when he promised something, his promises are yea and yea and, and, and amen. Um, he always keeps his promise. It's um, the, the Lord that is love, is truth and, and righteousness. It's the Lord that loves us and is willing, is capable of leading us and guiding us and directing us. He's done it before and through the scriptures we can see that he leads men and women and he leads them and directs them. He's a trustworthy person. He's the Lord that we can trust. It's not just a, a, a um, fairy tale but it's a God, not just a power, but a person, a p person that we can put all our trust in them. And you know, the first time we do that is when we accept him as our personal savior. It, the, I remember when, when I was just a young little kid, uh, boy that my brother took me aside and opened up his little Gideon Bible and, and showed me the plan of salvation and, and um, led me to a saving knowledge of Lord Jesus Christ. And that's when I first put my trust, my complete trust in him. And this morning, if you're here and you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, then you can remember that day too where you finally Stop trusting in your own ways, uh, your own things, your own things, what you wanted to get, um, whatever you were relying on to get to heaven. You gave that up and you wholeheartedly, even though you might not have known all the doctrines of the Bible and all the terminologies and all the details, but you knew, hey, the only way I can get to heaven because I'm a sinner and God's put a price tag on sin, the way of sin is death so the only way I can get to heaven if I put my whole trust in him and through faith you called upon the name of the Lord and you experience that wonderful thing whosoever shall call upon the of the name of the Lord shall be saved and you got saved you you got forgiveness of sin and and now now you're a child of God and you experience that first time where you put your trust in the Lord and if you're here this morning and listening to my voice and you aren't saved, if you can't look in a moment in, in your life where you acknowledge that you were a sinner and that you were on the way to damnation and the only way to avoid that is putting your whole trust in, in the Lord, then I encourage you, do it today. Today is the day of salvation. Today you can do it. Today you can experience that first time where you put your whole trust in the Lord. 
And you know, uh, we were able to put our trust in the Lord and we trust Him for eternity. But you know, my Bible said that Jesus not only came to give us life, eternal life, but He gave us life uh, and that more of abundant. He, he's given us a life here on earth. He could have taken us as soon as we accepted Jesus Christ. He could have taken us home, taken us straight to heaven, but he didn't. His game plan was to um, save us and, and then make us into a new creature and, and then um, teach us and train us. And, and, and so we would live, live um, for him. And he's even told us in Ephesians that he has uh, a work for us. He's prepared for us um, a way that we should walk. And, and he, he wants us to be his light, his salt. He, he wants to, us to be his ambassadors and, and tell, tell the world, tell our friends and family that Jesus Christ is the way to God. There's no, and he wants us to show our trust not only for salvation, but for day to day. And each day we have to put our trust, not to get saved again, okay? We don't have to get saved every day, okay? But because we're saved and, and to be able to live the life that he wants us to and bring him glory and honor each and every day, we have to again wake up and decide, okay, today I'm going to put my trust in God. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust him and he's going to direct my path. He's going to do some things and I might not know all the details and the ins and outs and, and, and everything, but he's going to, I'm going to trust him. He's trustworthy. Even though um, stuff happens, why in the world do we have COVID? have uh, no idea you know we could go uh, down the political way and and different and conspiracies and uh, and we could talk and talk and talk but we have no idea we we know two things god allowed it and our, our god called it because those things we see in the bible that god allows heart heartache and he allows um, different things but also if we read Psalms 105 hey that um, famine that came along that um, Joseph was able to save his people from you read Psalms 105 and it tells us that God called that famine and he sent a man ahead of time so that man would be in Egypt and be able to save his family. And so we, we know God is in control even in COVID. He didn't, COVID didn't pop up and it didn't surprise him like he, it surprised us. He, he didn't go, oh man, I didn't think about that. Man, now Homefields Baptist Church is going to have to go a year and a half wearing masks and, and doing this and that. It, it wasn't no surprise to God. God knew it was going to come and, and God knew that there was a way that even through COVID, even through social distancing, there were, he was going to direct our paths as Homefields Baptist Church that we could still have church meeting.
and even have a tent out there. Man, y'all getting more gypsy um, every day. Wow, love it. I pulled up and saw that tent and I was just hoping that the weather would be even better so we could be out there. I might, and, um, but God knows it and we can trust it. We can trust Him. And that's the person we need to put our trust in. For our way to be directed, we trust Him. Trust the Lord. And how? Here's the second point we have to do. Not only whom do we trust, but also with what we trust. It says, with our whole heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You know, for us to be directed the right way, we're going to have to get off the fence and stop um, living our Christian life half-heartedly. Okay? If you want a good study about what happens with people that trust God half-heartedly, Read um, Genesis. <laughs> Genesis ha- is a lot of, um, uh, introduces us to a lot of men of the faith. They're listed also in Hebrews, in the Hall of Fame. And you'll see some pe- men that trust God wholeheartedly. And they... they bring blessing to their family like Noah God told him hey build a boat gave him all the measurements and everything to build something that he had never seen before for something that uh, was going to happen that had never happened before it was going to rain it hadn't rained before but um, we see Noah Noah wholeheartedly follows every step of the way and what happens he's he's saved and his whole family his wife and sons and um, daughter-in-laws are saved because he trusts God wholeheartedly a few generations ahead of time though that first guy God created Adam God told him something too and it was a a whole lot less complicated than Noah. God told Adam, hey, all these trees, all these stuff, you're allowed to eat from. But this one tree, one thing, you don't eat that from that. Okay, a whole lot more simpler than Noah's details. What kind of wood to do, how big, how wide, how, but just don't eat one tr- from one tree. And what does he do? He takes a bite, just one bite, and God says to that bite, through that disobedient, he brought death and sin into the world and from one man to all the world, all mankind. Or Abraham, you know, God gives Abraham, he says, hey, I want you to leave your country, leave your father's house, your your kindred, I want you to go in the land that I'll show you. You know, something simple. A little more, um, more than Adam, but not as 
complicated as Noah, but also in an area where, you know, there's a lot of emotions, you know, I got to leave my family and stuff like that. And you, you watch um, no, uh, Abram and you see he kind of half-heartedly through the next chapters um, fulfills what God wants him. But we see all the problems he's caused. Some of the problems, the Middle East are still having the results of that, those half-heartedly decisions of Abram. So um, trusting the Lord with just half your heart doesn't, it isn't a good idea. We see through Genesis that when you half-heartedly serve the Lord, you cause you and people around you. Just think, Lot. You know, he was supposed to leave Lot in the land that, um, uh, where, where Abram left. If, just think, if he would have left Lot there, we wouldn't have the story that Lot and his whole family with Sodom and Gomorrah and, you know, his wife turned into a pillar of salt. That wouldn't have been. That was only because Abram brought him along. So please, here we, we see not to trust God, trust the Lord, but not just half-heartedly, but with our whole heart. Just like salvation where we... Um, trusted him with our whole heart each day we need to decide hey with my whole heart I'm going to serve you I'm not just going to try to get by I'm just not going to try to see okay how can I figure this out how can I live for Jesus you know be on Sunday okay I know on Sunday I have to have a big Bible and put it on my arm maybe wear a suit or something and um, um, when the pastor says this and that I say amen you know don't figure that out that's not the way to do it and then um, or if and if I do that then from Monday until Thursday, I can live the way I want to. And then Thursday, you know, I'll take a shower or I'll get dressed, get, get my clothes on, and then I'll come to church. And then I'll get to, no, it doesn't work that way. Living your life half-heartedly, trusting the Lord with just half your heart, you'll cause yourself problems and the people around you. And all of us who are honest with ourselves can look back to our times and realize a lot of the problems that we caused, a lot of times it's in those moments where we thought we could still trust God and at the same time do our own thing. But we can't do that. In whom we should trust the Lord. With what should we trust? With our whole heart. And thirdly, on what we should not trust. It says, trust not. Here. And lean not 
unto thy own understanding. And here, here's why I think it's, it's talking more in our mind, our understanding, our knowledge and stuff. Because, you know, my mind, my understanding, it, it's so changeable. It changes. Okay? My understanding of a good day changes with the weather. If I, I wake up and I look out and it's raining and, and dreary, then a lot of times that's how I feel. That's my understanding of the day. Oh, man, it's going to be a rotten day. Uh, look at the weather. The, my, a lot of times. It, or if I wake up and it's nice and sunny. Oh, great. It's going to be a great day. Oh, we, it's Sunday and we, we can do so many things because it's nice and sunny outside. And my, my understanding is shifty. My understanding um, changes with how I perceive things. You know, when, um, when my wife prepares a wonderful meal, you know, three course or maybe even five course meal, and uh, hint, hint, uh, and I come home and I'm hot and sweaty and I come home and, and um, my wife says, ah, don't bother taking a shower. Just wash your hands and sit down. Everything's prepared. You know, my understanding is a lot. Oh, I love this girl. Ah, oh, I have the best wife ever. Ah, oh, she's so good to me. But other times, and um, she's here, so I'm not talking behind her back. But sometimes, like, um, she makes... She made this one thing that um, until today I still dislike it, but it's <laughs> but it's supposedly good for you, okay? And it has good things in it, like it has chocolate in it, and I love chocolate, okay? Especially German chocolate, okay? The Milka and even the Swiss chocolate. Hey, even in the States, Hershey chocolate is good. Okay, it has chocolate, and then also it had avocado. And av avocados are good for you, it's healthy, and at least they tell me. And, uh, and hey, I love Mexican food, and so hey, a guacamole dick, ooh, wow, avocados from Mexico, ah, good. But you know, when you combine those, and you look at it, and it looks great, uh, creamy, it's chocolatey. It looks great. And your mind's, oh, wow. Your wife has made a wonderful chocolate pudding. And then you take a bite. It doesn't taste like avocado. It doesn't taste like chocolate. I can't tell you how it tastes like. Just nasty. Can I can I say that from the pulpit? Nasty. Yeah. Okay. It, like it sucks all the moisture out of your mouth. Okay, and it was like you're sucking on a uh, a lemon, but it's chocolate. But it doesn't taste like a lemon either. It's nasty. Okay, and, and um, I've told Joanna I don't like it, so this is nothing new to her. But my understanding is then changed once I eat that pudding 
my understanding, man, what is this girl doing to me? She's trying to poison me? What is she doing? How can she mess up chocolate pudding? Okay, how? My understanding changes just because of one bite of something what I think I like and I don't. That's why we shouldn't lean on our own understanding because it changes. It changes by what we see, what we hear. Uh, hey, if we watch too much news, well, our understanding goes drifts in one way. If we watch too many Netflix movies, our understanding goes in one area. If we watch or do a certain thing, a lot of times our understanding is just focused on that one thing and it changes and changes. That's why it's not a great thing to rely on. It changes. That's why you need somebody. You need the Lord that is not changing. Um, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. And so that's why he's the best person to trust. Don't trust yourself. Don't lean on your own understanding. And I cannot do that. I can't. If I want God to direct my path, then I need to trust him with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. When he's directing me, I can't just halfway through it say, hey, wait, wait, God, I got a better plan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on. I know, I know you're the creator of heaven and earth and I know you're the, the almighty, but hey, we're living in 2021. I got you. I can do it. Nope. Don't lean on your own understanding. And the fourth thing, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And again, you can't pick and choose and say, okay, these ways, I'll trust you. I'll acknowledge you, but over here, you know, my private life and my hobbies and or my family, our work life. Hey, I'm doing my own thing. No, all your ways. That includes every aspect of life. But what are you supposed to do on each way? This word, acknowledge him. And I thought a little bit about that and. What does it mean to acknowledge him? And I think that what Proverbs is trying to teach us here, that we need to recognize, acknowledge in every area of our life that the Lord is present, that the Lord's there. Now, let me explain it. When I was uh, little, Little boy, when my dad told me some things to do, like clean up my room or do yard work or take out the trash and stuff, if he stayed in the house or stayed around me, guess what happened? Right when my dad told me something to do, I hopped to it. I did it. And man, I did a great job. But on other days when he said, hey, 
Bruce, I'm going to be traveling today or I'm going to be doing this and that. And while I'm gone, once you come home from school, I want you to do this and that and this. And um, you better have it done before I come home. Guess what happened? I would come home from school. Look around. Oh, Daddy's not there. Oh, he won't be home until supper. Ooh, I got time. So then I started doing my own thing, playing, this and that, taking, doing whatever I wanted to. And a lot of times it was not until I heard that he was on his way home. Once I acknowledged again, hey, daddy is going to show up. And if I don't finish this job, both of us aren't going to be happy. And I would start and try to finish the job before he got home. And you know what? In my Christian life, a lot of times I've realized, a lot of times when I commit a sin or when I do my own thing, a lot of times it's in those moments where really I've let my mind or my life wander and I don't acknowledge him that he's right there. But the truth is, um, Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, I'll be with you all times until the end of the world. He's always present. That's, um, that's the truth. That's what we believe, that God is omnipresent. There's nowhere where we can go where he's not. But you know, the reason why we still as Christians commit sin or still as Christians do what we want to and, and not follow his will because in those moments, we don't really acknowledge that God's present. And we think, just like I thought when I was a, a kid, that we can get away with it. That we can do our own thing and nobody's going to be hurt. Nobody see The pastors don't see us. The other church members, and you know, I'm off doing my own thing. I'm home alone. I'm alone on the internet. I'm doing my own thing. Nobody's going to see what I'm watching, what I'm doing. And we forget that the Lord is right beside us. Not only as a Christian does he live inside us, but he's beside us. He never leaves us. And you know, we need to, and especially me as well, need to start in all our ways, acknowledge him. Every time when we're heading to work, hey, God's right here. When we're at work and the people our co-workers are telling those nasty jokes and we're tempted to laugh alongside with them, we need to realize, hey, God's here. God's listening. We need to acknowledge. Um, when we're um, tempted to do anything that is, is wrong, 
We need to realize, hey, God is present. But not only that, but also when we're going through hard times or when we um, have to make decisions, we need to realize, hey, God's present. Have we acknowledged Him in this situation, this decision that we're trying to make? Have we brought God into the picture? Have we asked Him what He wants us to do? Have we talked to Him? Have we acknowledged Him in this way? are we still trying to do our own thing? And God says, if you don't acknowledge me in all my way, in all your ways, I'm not going to direct you. You have to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Do those four things, and I'm committing myself, the Lord says, to direct your path. Now, what, what is direct your path? You know, I was thinking about it. In German, it would be a whole lot easier to explain because in German it says, Ich werde dein Pfad ebnen, so I'll smooth out your way. So, hold up, you can preach that. Uh, at least for me as a German uh, preacher. I, I can preach that better. And, but I was thinking about it. But what about here in the English language? Direct your path. You know, I think it's a lot like, you know, the engineers and the architects of the ones that um, build our, the Audubons here. Have you driven on the Audubon? You, you know, we can say they're like the interstate system, but they're not. There are a whole lot. Have you noticed something that um, with the Audubon, they try their best to make everything straight? Okay, if they come over a valley, they'll build a bridge. Like in the States, sometimes you'll have to go down the mountain and up it. But, but as good as they can, they'll try to make it as straight as possible so you can keep up that high speed that you're traveling. Um, if there's a mountain, they'll try to um, go through it. They're, they're try and they build, build even these high bridges. Like the tallest one is on your way to Halbron, 185.5 meters. 606 feet from the ground. They just built it. And, and, and guess those engineers, and they directed really our paths. We, once we get on that Audubon, if we stay on the Audubon, we can fly, if traffic allows, and the speed limit, we can fly and we can knock off those kilometers. If we stay on the path that God, that the engineer has directed us to stay on. But you know, on the way here, we saw that last night, somebody decided to go their own way. And there was a black car and he really, at an exit, he was literally sitting on top of the guardrail. Somehow, I don't know how it happened, but 
somehow he missed the exit and decided to go his own way. And instead of driving off the exit, he drove up the guardrail and his car was sitting there this morning. And as, and I think that's what God is saying here to us. Hey, I'm have a way to, I'm building a way. And you know, there's going to be hindrance, there's going to be problems, there's going to be mountains, valleys, there, there's going to be things that you have to go around or through. But if you do these four things, I'll direct it. I'll be the one. If you need a bridge, I'll build the bridge. If you need a tunnel, I'll build a tunnel. If you need to um, help yourself to go slow up the mountain, I'll be the one. Whatever you need, whatever um, the world and the circumstances send your way, whatever life throws at you, if you do these four things, I'll direct it. I'll bring you to the place that you need to be. And you know how great that is? When you rely on Him. Wow. When you rely on the engineers that made the Audubon, you can fly. If you rely on the Lord that's going to direct your path, guess what? You don't look back with regrets. Saying, oh man, I wish I did this. I wish I would have did that. When we read Genesis, we sometimes I think, Abram, why are you doing so dumb things? Why this and that? Adam, why did you eat that fruit? But then I look in people that trusted the Lord with all their heart, like Noah, or Joseph. Oh, he's the best example. Joseph trusted God the whole, his whole life. We don't see any faults or failures listed in the Bible. But Joseph is one of the best pictures of Jesus in Genesis. And you know, I think that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding and in all his, our ways acknowledge Him. Why? Because He wants to direct your past that you can be what? An example for Christ. So the world that your friends and family can see Jesus through you. Some people will never come here to this church and hear about the gospel, but they'll work with you all every day. They'll be in your classroom. They'll be next to you. And if you, you allow, do these four things, then they'll see how God's directing you and they'll see how, you, how it is to live the Christian life. And they'll realize, hey, I'm missing something. Because you know what? The world's going through COVID too. The wor world is going through a heartache and problem. And they have death in their family and sickness and problem. They have financial problems. They have the same problems we have. But they don't have somebody to trust on. But you do. And God wants you to trust in Him and show them Jesus. Be a Joseph. 
Be a Noah. Be a person that trusts the Lord with all your heart. Because really, it's about eternity. That co-worker, that family member, that friend, that enemy. If he doesn't, they don't see Jesus. If they don't accept Jesus, they'll die and go to eternity in hell. It's about life and death. So I encourage you, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and acknowledge him in all thy ways. And God says, the Lord says, and I shall direct your path. Amen. Will you stand with me? And I'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for these wonderful, well-known verses. And help us, Lord, to apply this. Lord, you want us to be the examples. You want us to be the light, the salt. You want us to be the ambassadors. You want us to be telling the world, let yourself be reconciled with the Lord. And the best way we can do it is not just what, from we, what we say, but how we live. And that's why I'm praying that each and every one, me included, will decide today that we'll trust in the Lord with all our heart and we won't lean with, on our own understanding, but in all our ways we'll acknowledge Him and allow you to direct our paths so more people will see Christ and more people will accept you and that we won't, won't cause more harm to our family and people around us. But we'll bring blessing to them because we trusted you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.